There was this minister and this uh, lawyer, and they were at a uh, kind of a party, and they were talking. And at one point, the minister asked the lawyer, you know, what do you do if you make a mistake on a case? And the lawyer said, well, if it's a big mistake, I try to, you know, correct it. But if it's just a small, insignificant mistake, well, then I just kind of let it go. And then the lawyer asked the minister the exact same question. He said, well, I pretty much do the same thing. For example, he said, a couple days ago, I was speaking um, at a uh, businessman's prayer breakfast, and... uh, I meant to say that the devil is the father of liars, and I said instead that the devil is the father of lawyers, and I just let it go. Just kidding, just kidding. My sister's a lawyer. She thought it was funny, so I thought I'd pass it along. All right. We're going to continue our study in the book of Proverbs uh, this morning, and I have entitled the message, Why Wisdom Matters. Why Wisdom Matters. Lord, I just uh, thank you for the spirited worship, Lord God. I do thank you for our worship teams and uh, just all of our volunteers, Lord. They're a real blessing. I thank you for this beautiful day. And I I just pray that we'll have the good sense to see you in it, Lord, and enjoy it for that reason alone. And as we turn to your word, Lord, and we look at a very important topic this morning, I just ask that you would fill me from the soles of my feet to the crown of my head. But I also ask, Lord, that you would, Holy Spirit, just soften people's hearts. You would open people's ears, that we would not be defensive. That we would really listen to what you're saying this morning. It truly could be life-changing, Lord. And so I just thank you now what you're going to do in these next several minutes. And I just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Two choices in this life. And... The two choices really come down to this. Do I want to be worldly wise but spiritually stupid? Or do I want to be a godly giant but a secular scissor bill? Probably don't know what that word means, do you? I didn't either until I ran across it. Actually means, scissor bill kind of means fool or dummy or out of step. And those really are two choices in life. And Let me kind of illustrate it like this. Several weeks ago, Jeff preached a great message on wisdom, and he uh, talked about, um, you know, the subject of wisdom, and he showed us this particular picture. You might remember that. And, and, you know, on the surface, it looks like an ordinary house, but he told us that that actually is where Apple, you know, incorporated. Apple Company got started right there in that garage. And uh, now would you put up Steve Jobs' picture And uh, there's Steve Jobs. Most of you know Steve Jobs. He became the chairman and the CEO of Apple Inc. And as as, uh, Jeff pointed out, put up the next picture, Skip. Now today, Apple headquarters, their new headquarters looks like that. Isn't that amazing? I mean, and and, and you look at that and you would say that Steve Jobs and that Apple, you know, company incorporated is just a great success. And most of us would probably say that that's true. In fact, Steve Jobs is called by this world. He was called a genius. He was a man of the world brimming with wisdom. That's a quote. Now, in 2011, at the age of 56, Steve Jobs looked like this. This is the part that Jeff didn't give you. He looked like that at the age of 56. Just a couple months after that picture was taken, Steve Jobs died of pancreatic cancer at the age of 56. And so here's what you got to do. See, you've got to ask yourself the question. I had to ask myself the question. 
was this man really a success? No, no, I want you to deal with this because I know people just kind of let things go over and they don't want to deal with it. I'm going to ask you, you know, don't lie to yourself. Was this man truly a success? Well, let's see. Let, let's just see. Does anybody know what it cost to buy Steve Jobs' first computer that he produced? Anybody know? $100. No. $666.66. Six. This is absolutely true. Six, six, six. Would you say that Steve Jobs didn't like God? He was, in fact, an atheist. And, uh, and perhaps his anger stemmed from the fact that he was adopted at birth and he had a very difficult childhood. Steve Jobs dropped out of college. Did you know that he's a college dropout? He was a college dropout. He went east to find the meaning of life. He became a Buddhist. Then he came back to America. He had a child out of wedlock, and he refused to acknowledge that the child was his for a long, long time. Never really paid attention to his wife, divorced her. And like his first daughter, Lisa, he kind of rejected her and didn't acknowledge that she was, in fact, his daughter. On Apple's first Halloween party, do you know how Steve Jobs came dressed? As Jesus Christ. Again, you kind of see his love-hate relationship with God, but on the other hand, his unresolved anger towards him. Steve Jobs would go on to become famous and very rich. However, his anger and his outbursts were legendary, and they would dog him all of his life. In fact, here is how one person summed up Steve Jobs' life. Skip, can you put up that graphic? I love that one. Do you want to really be like Steve Jobs? And you you see that graphic. He was a Buddhist, but on the other hand, he was a tyrant. He was a genius, but he was a jerk. In fact, you can read a lot about it. He was a big jerk. And he was an inspiration for some, but he's a cautionary tale for others. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of truth to that. So here's the real question again. Did Steve Jobs really lead a successful life. Is his life something that we all ought to emulate? Let me tell you this. Most of the world would say yes. They would say yes to that. What does eternity say, though? What does God say? You know, and I think intuitively we all know the answer. In fact, I'm going to tell you that Steve Jobs wasted his life. He wasted his life on himself like so many people do. In fact, the vast majority of people who are living now and who have ever lived, have wasted their lives on themselves. And they will stand before God as a fool, as Steve Jobs. It's not my word. That's actually a word that God uses. So maybe you don't want to be a fool. I certainly don't want to be a fool. I don't want to waste my life. It's kind of interesting. We're told in Proverbs chapter 2, starting at verse 3, this. Cry out for insight. And ask for understanding. Search them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord. Now, you know, if, if you look at this, the, 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 the clear, you know, idea between the lines is that wisdom is not intrinsic to human beings. Did you know that? Wisdom, godly wisdom, is not intrinsic to us. In fact, if you're doubting that, just ask a parent about their children. That will kind of settle the matter. If you have children, you know that they intrinsically just do not have wisdom. And therefore, look what Solomon says. He says, you need to cry out for wisdom. 
I mean, if you really want godly wisdom, he said it needs to become a priority in your life. It needs to become a priority in my life. I mean, it's something that we need to search for. It's something that we really need to work at. And he says if we do do this, look what he says now in verse 10 of Proverbs chapter 2. He says, for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Do you know what he says here? This is awesome. He says, God wants to give you wisdom. God wants to give me, you know, godly wisdom. And he says, if I make it a priority in my life, if you will make it a priority in your life, I mean, if you will really seek it, if you will really search for it, if it, like I said, becomes a consuming passion in your life, God will give you wisdom. He will give me godly wisdom. I'm going to show you that there's something fantastic here and you will experience joy. Now, I just love verse 11 of Proverbs chapter 2. Watch this. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Do you understand what Solomon says here? Solomon says that when I seek wisdom and you really seek it, you search out for it, God will give it to you and you will make good decisions. You will make good decisions. I'm going to keep hammering this out. You will make good decisions. And the end result is you have a successful life. Let me give you an example because we're going to move towards communion this morning. I want to give you an example in the Old Testament out of the book of 1 Samuel, starting at chapter 23, starting at verse 1. Skip, put that up. So we're told this. One day news came to David that the Philistines were at Keilah stealing grain from the threshing floors. David asked the Lord, should I go and attack them? Now, Skip, put up the map, just so you know where Keilah is. Keilah is actually, you'll see that, it's in Judah, it's in Israel, and that's why David was a little upset with the Philistines. They were invading Israel. They were invading the tribe of Judah. Now, you know, he has every reason, by the way, to be upset with this. The Philistines are clearly the aggressor. But I want you to notice something. David doesn't run half-cocked. He doesn't say, hey, I'm going to attack those Philistines. I'm just going to attack them. I have the right to do so. Did you notice what he first did? He said, I am going to ask the Lord. I'm going to get his mind, his understanding on the matter. And you know what? That is a great Great failing. I want to say that over. That is a huge failing of us, is that we don't seek and ask the Lord for his wisdom. Now watch what happens. Skip, can you put up the next verses? Here we go. Yes, God says, go and save Keilah, the Lord told him. But David's men said, we're afraid, even here in Judah. We certainly don't want to go to Keilah to fight the whole Philistine army. So David asked the Lord again. And again, the Lord replied, go down to Keilah, for I will help you to conquer the Philistines. So David and his men went to Keilah. They slaughtered the Philistines and took all of their livestock and rescued the people of Keilah. Now, no, isn't that awesome? He asked God what he should do. God tells him what he should do. He makes the wise decision to be obedient. He actually goes and does it. And guess what? Happy ending. Wouldn't you like to have a happy ending in your life? Wouldn't you like to have a happy ending, you know, on a day-by-day basis? Wouldn't you like to have a happy ending on a week-by-week basis? I don't know about you, but I certainly would. Now listen to me. Getting God's understanding on a situation, getting his wisdom on a situation, implementing like David, and guess what happens? You make a good decision. Do you know what a wise person is? When someone says, hey, that person's really wise, do you know who's wise? It's someone who makes good decisions. Wisdom, true wisdom, equals making 
good decision. This is the great problem, by the way. I've been in ministry almost 35 years. And the biggest problem people have is they make bad decisions. It's, we can stop it right now. You can stop it right now. Because when you get God's understanding on a situation like David did, and you believe it, you trust in it, you in the end make a good decision. So now I want to watch what happens next. Get put up verse 6. Now watch this. This is worth, you know, uh, it's weight in gold. Now I really want you to pay attention for the next 10 minutes that we're going to move to communion. This will really be worth it. Now when Abiathar, our son of Abimelech, fled to David at Keilah, he brought the ephod with him. You're just wondering what the ephod is. Skip, can you just put up the picture? There you see the ephod. It's the outer garment of the high priest. You'll see the 12 stones there are on the breastplate. That represents the 12 tribes of Israel. And what that means is, is that when the high priest is wearing this, it was telling the people that the 12 tribes, the nation of Israel, was always close to the heart of God. But inside, inside of this ephod, there was a pocket, and it carried the Urim and the Thummim. Want to say that fast? Urim and Thummim. And you know what that is? They were two stones as far as we can tell, and it revealed the will of God. Wouldn't you like to have the Urim and Thummim? You just got those, and it reveals the will of God. So, all right, so skip. Now watch what happens. Saul learned soon, now this is great. Saul soon learned that David was at Keilah. Good, he exclaimed. We've got him now. God has handed him over to me, for he has trapped himself in a walled town. So Saul mobilized his entire army to march to Keilah and besiege David and his men. But David learned of Saul's plan, and he told Abiathar the priest to bring the ephod and ask the Lord what he should do. There he is again, David, asking God. Then David prayed, O Lord, God of Israel. Now watch this. I have heard that Saul is planning to come and destroy Keilah because I am here. Will the leaders of Keilah betray me me to him? And will Saul actually come as I have heard? O Lord, God of Israel, please tell me. And the Lord said, he will come. And again, David asked, will the leaders of Keilah betray me and my men to Saul? And the Lord replied, yes, they will betray you. Now, now, okay, so just understand, here's the scenario. Get this. This this is an incredible portion of scripture if if you grab this, all right? So the the scenario is that Saul is still king technically of Israel, but he's been rejected by God. In fact, God took the prophet Samuel, anointed David. So David is a true king, and Saul is very, very envious and jealous of David. He's always attacking him. And so David asked God, now watch this, he asked God two very critical questions here. Question number one. Will Saul come to Keilah now and threaten the city on account of me? Question number two, will the people of Keilah turn me over because of Saul's wrath? And God answers both questions. Now watch this. In the affirmative, Saul will come down and the people will betray you. Now watch what happens next. Put up verse 13, Skip. Put up verse 13. Now watch this. Do not miss this. So David and his men... About 600 of them now left Keilah and began roaming the countryside. Word soon reached Saul that David had escaped. So he didn't go to Keilah after all. This is one of the most amazing statements in all of Scripture. You say, well, what's so amazing about this? What's so amazing about this is what, what God foresaw didn't happen. What God foresaw, remember, there were two questions. Is Saul going to come to Keilah? And God said yes. 
And he also said, are the people of Keilah going to turn me over to King Saul? God said, yes. None of those things happened, ladies and gentlemen. See, there's been a huge fight about predestination and free will. And what God foresees, I want you to catch this now. What God foresees doesn't necessarily happen. No, no. What God foresees does not necessarily happen. This is an awesome thing if you're going to grasp this. In other words, God can see, foresee every possibility of a particular event, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it will occur. There are two extremely important takeaways from this as we move to communion. Number one, your decisions matter. No, no, your decisions, my decisions matter. You're going to be responsible for your decisions. They're not forced on me. You know, we always talk about predestination. I'm a little puppet. No, you're not. See, that's wrong. It's showing you that you're not a puppet. There's a hundred options to every situation. Do you know what is the right thing to do? See, that's the real question. No, this blew me away as I really began to think about this. Go, my decisions matter. I'm responsible. You're responsible. Secondly, and it hitchhikes on the first. Here's a takeaway. David makes the right decision. Why? In both cases, David makes the right decision. Why? Because he, he had God's wisdom. Do you, do you get this? He had God's wisdom. He had God's knowledge on the situation. And therefore, he makes the right decision. And it's a beautiful, happy ending. Are you making good decisions? See, the real question this morning, you've got to be asking yourself, how in the world can I get God's knowledge? How can I get his understanding on a particular situation? How many would like to know that? I mean, that's what David was doing. You don't have the Urim and the Thummim. It'd be awesome to have the Urim and the Thummim, but I'm going to tell you it is still possible to get God's wisdom and understanding. So here's how we finish, then we're going to move to communion. Please hear me on this. Three things are absolutely essential if you want to get God's wisdom and understanding on a situation. Number one, number one is this. You need to know this book. You say, well, it doesn't cover my particular situation. <laughs> no, you can't. I've been in ministry 35 years. I've got to write a book. No, but you know what it does do? It covers all the principles of a situation you will face. It covers all the principles of a situation that you will face. It is necessary for you to know that. That's why I read this. I love people. We, we were at the Jesus Soda Survey yesterday, you know, in beautiful Glenville. And, 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 and someone said, well, um, you know, I said, are you Christian? Well, yes. And I know what the Bible says about heaven. And I said, well, have you read the Bible? Well, I read it once. <laughs> yeah, in your point. I mean, as if you read it one time and you got it down. I'm 35 years at this thing, and I'm reading it and still gleaning insights from it. And if you're unwilling to spend a half hour to say, now here's the thing, how much of a price are you willing to pay to get God's knowledge? See, this is the real question. How much are you willing to pay for it's, if, if you're unwilling to take a half hour a day and get to know this book, read it inside out, don't even worry about it. Number two, because we've got to move it on, prayer. Prayer. We will talk about prayer more. But prayer is not, here's Jimmy, let me tell you what you can give me. It's not. It is not running down a laundry list. 
Do you know what real prayer is? Real prayer is laying like David did. Lord, should I do this? Should I open my mouth in this situation? Probably not, by the way, all right? That's a clue. But, but should, 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 what should I say? What should I do? And then you know what you do? Silent. Let's get, put up the next scripture. I think it's Psalm 4610. Did I have that one? Don't you love that scripture? Be still. Be very active. Be extremely active. Always busy, and you'll know that I am God. No, see, it doesn't say that. It says, be still, be quiet, and know that I am God. Oh, that's hard to do. They had an old saying, you know, I think it was actually the Pentecostals. They actually do do something right, these Pentecostals, all right? It was called praying through, right? Isn't that not true? Praying through, that you just continue to cry out, and you continue to see, and you wait until you get God's answer. And so someone says, well, why do you spend at least one hour a day? I do, I, and, and, and I know you're busy, and I'm busy too. I, I love my professor, Hendricks, used to, you know, people used to go, well, Professor Hendricks, I'm so busy. I just don't have time to read the Bible and pray. And he said, your priorities are showing. Your priorities are showing. See, there's nothing more important than getting God's knowledge on a situation. Know the book. Pray and listen for his voice. Thirdly, because we just need to move on. The third thing is, Skip, can you put up Proverbs 15? I think it is 22 says this. Plans fail for lack of, but with many advisors, they succeed. Big failure because I'm an American. I'm independent. I can pull myself up by my bootstraps. Really? How's it working for you? How's it working? Not. See, we're dying because we don't have counselors. See, when I read the word and then I pray and I think I hear the voice of God, I go and ask people, do you think I heard right? Do you think I heard right? And see, when I get those three things lining up, now I'm going to make a good decision because I've heard the voice of God on that particular situation. And oh, happy day it is when you make a good decision because you have a great outcome. You have a great outcome. Lord, I pray that as we just move towards communion, I know there's a lot there, but we're dying because of bad decisions here. And we don't have to. If we would just seek you, and your understanding of the situation. There's not a person in here right now that's not facing a situation. And they desperately need your mind on it. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will begin to give a great... David had such faith that you would speak to him and that you're a good God and you would give the correct information. And he waited for it. And I pray that we will become a congregation that begins to really just do that. Hear your voice, and then we make wise decisions. I'm asking for this in your precious name. Amen. Hi, I'm Jeff Eckstein, one of the pastors here at Bethlehem Community Church. Welcome to our Sunday podcast, coming to you from the town of Bethlehem in upstate New York in the USA. Bethlehem Community Church is an independent, non-denominational, Bible-based evangelical church that includes people with backgrounds from many denominations. 
We believe that it is only through the love of the Father, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can come into a personal relationship with God. We are people truly seeking a deeper intimacy with God and with one another. If you'd like to know more about our church, please visit our website at www.bccdelmar.org. There you'll be able to find our statement of faith, as well as more about the ministry of Bethlehem Community Church. You'll also be able to submit prayer requests as we are called to pray with and for you. We also would love to hear your story and how you found our podcast and where you're listening from. So please visit our website and send us an email. Again, it's bccdelmar.org. That's bccdelmar.org. Thank you for joining us as we continue our pursuit of knowing God and making Him known.